The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. In the late 1990s, the Sisters of the Precious Blood, who had been living in the convent on the grounds of my home parish, St. Clement of Rome, in suburban St. Louis, since its founding, left. They were called back to the mother house. And the pastor at the time, Monsignor Pieper, decided to use their chapel to start a Eucharistic Adoration Chapel for the parish. And since then, so for a little, about 20 years, the parish of St. Clement of Rome has kept perpetual Eucharistic adoration, except on Sundays and holidays and whatnot, for 20 years. Before this adoration chapel was founded, the parish had produced in 50 years two vocations. Two. Since then, I am the third priest there are four more men in seminary studies, and there have been at least two women make first profession in religious life, and several others who have entered. One is preparing to enter in a few weeks to a community, the Sisters of Life, up in New York. Now, correlation does not equal causation, but I find it beautiful, and I think that there is a lot to be said about the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel in my home parish, and the flourishing of vocations there over these last 15 years. The Eucharist changes everything. Everything. 
There is nothing that is not affected by the Eucharist. Why is this? Well, because first and foremost, the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. It is not a symbol. It is not a sign. It is the Lord. And He is present in the Eucharist to us in a unique and a particular way. So whenever we encounter the Lord, or an area where the Lord is in the tabernacle, we are in adoration of our Lord. We are in His presence. But not only are we in His presence, He feeds us. As the book of Deuteronomy tells us today, the Lord afflicted the people with hunger. And He has fed them with manna. But He's also afflicted each and every one of us, if we want to use that word, and I will because it's a powerful word. But He has afflicted us with a hunger for Him. Each one of us is created and designed for union with God in heaven. And we hunger and thirst after Him, but He feeds us. And He feeds us in a food that our ancestors would have known nothing about. He feeds us with Himself. He gives us Himself. And not only does He give us Himself, but because He does give us Himself, as Jesus says in the Gospel... The Eucharist is now, for us as believers, the linchpin, the connection between the temporal and the eternal. Jesus feeds us with bread and wine, but they are His body and blood. He feeds us in a physical way, but gives us more supernaturally and eternally than we could ever imagine. And not only are we united to our blessed Lord through the Eucharist, and turn toward eternity through the Eucharist, we are also, as St. Paul tells us in the second reading, united to each other. That in this, we are always, the church is always fully present wherever the Eucharist is celebrated. If it be one priest and one person, the church is fully present there. And we are better together because of the Eucharist. We are more fully united to each other because of the Eucharist. I don't know if I've encountered anyone here outside of this chapel. And yet, we are intimately and more closely united every time we come together. That we have a connection that is not just spiritual, it's eternal. It's not just something that happens here and we dissipate, but it's something that grows and something that deepens. The Lord gives us so, so much in the Eucharist. And yet, and yet, the reality is this. Fewer people are coming to Mass and being fed by the Eucharist. And a staggering number of people who come to Mass don't believe the Eucharist to be the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. It's a hard thing. And coming to Mass can be monotonous. It can be difficult. And as a result, there's the temptation to think that if we make the Mass something more temporal, something more, you know, uh, emotionally or physically attractive, we make it, you know, like a pop rock concert or something like that, or we open the Eucharistic tables to anyone who comes forward, then more people will come. And I caution us against that. And here's why. 
I started last Saturday by talking about the conversion, the metanoia that we're all called toward. And what is the Eucharist but both the instance of our conversion and the impetus for further conversion? And so we don't need to change the Eucharist, but we do need to change how we live a Eucharistic life. Our lives need to become more and more Eucharistic. My spiritual director, when I was talking with him once, was talking about his, this is my spiritual director when I was in formation, that his spirituality is quite simple and straightforward. The Eucharist and the Blessed Virgin Mary. That the longer he he spends as a priest, the simpler it becomes. It's just more and more about the Eucharist and the Blessed Virgin Mary. And this is a holy and wonderful and pious priest. But the more we become the Eucharist, the more Jesus is able to live in our life, the more the world is able to change. Another instance of the power of the Eucharist in a world that is changed by the Eucharist is my ministry at Indiana University. On Indiana University's campus, we haven't really ever had Eucharistic adoration very much. When I was a student brother five years ago, we had it for about an hour every day during the time of confession. And that usually consisted of me, as a student brother, sitting, making sure that, you know, there was someone with our Lord, and people coming for confession. This spring, this January, a group of students came to me and they said, Father, we'd like more adoration. I said, okay, well, we'll have to find people to fill up the time slots. And well, let's start with something simple. So we started with 15 hours of Eucharistic adoration, which seems like a lot. And I sent out on our little Facebook page and on social media and on our email for people to sign up. And for every hour of those 15 hours, there were at least three or four students who signed up to spend an hour, sometimes multiple hours a week, with our Lord in adoration. And there were some evenings where I would sneak into the church to spend some time with our Lord, where there would be 15 to 20 university students in adoration. What a beautiful and blessed gift. Because when we start to come to the Lord in the Eucharist, and we start to be changed into a Eucharistic people, it becomes not so much what I get out of this, or what look at me, but it's the one I'm looking at, and the one who looks at me from the Eucharist. When we become more and more Eucharistic, we become more and more Jesus Christ. And this world needs Jesus Christ. When we become more and more Eucharistic, the Sunday Mass is not just an obligation, but it's the pinnacle of our week. In the early church in Carthage, during one of the persecutions, the the church was told, the people were told, if you celebrate Mass on Sunday, you will be put to death. So what did they do on Sunday? They had Mass. And so they went before the magistrate, or the governor, And he asked them, we told you if you had Mass on Sunday, we were going to kill you. And we're going to kill you unless you renounce your faith. And one of the elders stood up and in Latin said, Sine Dominico non possumus. Without Sunday, we are capable of nothing. Without the Mass on Sunday, we are simply unable. And when this becomes our life, the Eucharist to the people around us becomes more attractive. Because our lives are attractive. And so this is why the conversion of one person and the continual conversion of multiple peoples changes the world. 
And this is the beauty and the simplicity of our Christian faith. Is that when I encounter Jesus and He changes me, He changes the world for everyone. Because we share a unity in the Eucharist. And it's stronger for all of us. And it's better because of us. May we all have the strength and the courage to live lives of Eucharistic adoration. So that whether we be here in the chapel or out on the street or at our office, our life is about a stronger and greater conversion and life within the most holy body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.